As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuckers Bryant, and that makes this Stuff You Should Know. If you didn't know, now you know. Happy birthday, Josh. Thanks, Chuck. It's your birthday. It is my birthday. You're 34. Uh, you're closer to me in age now for about a half a year. Yeah. And I'm uh, six months older than Yumi, which makes me a year older than Yumi right now. Oh, is she your age? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I think it's so funny. It's okay when you say that because you are way, way older than me. But it's funny <laughs> when people say that about people who are like a year or two different. They're like, you know, somebody um, who's, they're almost our age. It's right. like our age is. A year, maybe a year and a half on either side of your age. True, sure. Maybe two years. But I often think we're the same age until you do something that reminds me. It's because we both <laughs> act like we're eight. Right. That's where we're that's where we're on the same page. Yes. Case in point. Where's the worst place you've ever had a tick? Well, Josh, I know you know because we share a commonality and as, I should, aside from the show. I should warn you. I'm not going to fess up to anything on this one. Before you do, I just want to give you fair warning. Well, since I said that we share this, then I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Josh and I have both had a tick in a very unfortunate place. If you're a man, it was they were different ticks, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as far as we know, they. <laughs> Good God. Well, it was years apart. Mine was last summer. This is the worst birthday ever. When was yours? <laughs> oh, mine was years and years ago. I had two ticks last summer. Did you really? Yeah, in horrible had, places? Well, no. One was on my thigh, and it still itches and, like, swells into a little bump every now and then. Like, well, a year you later. You may want to get that checked out there, no, Chuck. it's fine. Oh, I, I read I up online. It doesn't sound fine. No, I read, and they said <laughs> it that- It doesn't sound fine at all. <laughs> it said tick, tick bites can still bother you for, like, years, evidently. Yeah. With, without if having- If you have uh, Lyme disease yeah, or something no like disease. that. Yeah. Okay, well, we're talking about ticks. Oh, can I say the inspiration for this real quick? Sure, because I'm curious myself. Uh, as you know, Josh, our unofficial house band, the Henry Clay People. Yes. Out of L.A. Are they tick infested? They came through town about a month ago. Yeah. Stayed at my house. Yeah. Uh, about a week and a half later, I get a call from Joey, the lead singer and songwriter guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you got ticks in Georgia? I said, sure. There's ticks all over the place in this country. You got ticks in L.A. And he said, uh, Jordy, our keyboard player has Lyme disease. Holy cow. And he thinks he probably got it from your house. Wow. 
because you know I live in the the a wooded section of Atlanta. Of yeah, actually most of Atlanta is wooded. Yeah, I think Georgia is one of the um, most wooded states in the country, from what I understand. Yeah. So Jordy got Lyme disease, and I am very sorry, uh, Jordan, if you got that from my house and residence. Yeah. It is likely, but although you were on tour, dude, you <laughs> could have gotten it from anywhere. Yeah. It's likely because he's like, you know, the eighth or ninth person this year to get Lyme disease after <laughs> visiting your house. You're like, it may be. You know what that would make your house, Chuck? A uh, infested haven of disease. A disease vector. Yes. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. Here, here is my original intro. You ready? Sure. That was great, Chuck. Thank you. That was great. I was going to say, Chuck. Josh. There is a tick species called Aponoma komodoense. Komodoense. Aponoma komodoense. This right? one is fascinating. It is a tick, and it looks almost completely like the scale of a Komodo dragon. Yeah. Its only host, the only animal that it feeds on is the Komodo dragon. Right. If it's sucking this, the life out of a Komodo dragon, you can't tell just by looking at it that it's a tick. It looks like a scale. Crazy. That is the most interesting thing anyone has to say about any tick anywhere. <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, does that explain why the Komodo dragon attacked Sharon Stone's husband? Yeah. It does? That's what I read. It was mad with... Uh, In the Daily Mail. Disease? Yeah. Um, well, since we've already gotten the most interesting part of this podcast out of the way, Chuck's um, tick story, the Henry Clay People's Lyme diseased drummer, right? Uh, keyboard player. Keyboardist. And I should mention, you can buy the album somewhere on the Golden Coast. You're such a shill. How much, iTunes. how many, what percentage are you getting of gross sales? Nothing. Um, and, <laughs> and then we've got the, uh, Eponama Komodoense story. Yeah. So we're going to get to explaining ticks just because, you know, what we're doing here is explaining every aspect of the universe, right? Yeah. Ticks are a part of it. One at a time. And everyone, stuff you should know, lovers, we have to trudge through this together. Yeah, and I kind of see this as sort of a half kind of interesting and half public service announcement. Yeah. Because it's summertime and ticks are everywhere. That is a great idea. And a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, uh, misinformation out there about ticks and how to remove them, so we're going to set you straight. Yes. Thanks, Chuck. Way to frame that. Sure. Um, There is a lot of misinformation out there, misunderstandings. Uh, specifically with ticks being insects, right? They are not insects. They are arachnids. Yeah. They have eight legs. Yeah. Well, they're born with six. Yeah, Like an insect. Right. But they will ultimately develop eight unless they're they're, um, disfigured. Right. (laughs) Uh, They are not spiders, though. They are in the same uh, group, uh, arachnids, as spiders. But spiders have segmented bodies, and ticks is just one nasty, bloody lump of a body. That's right. And um, there's about 850 species of ticks. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. In the world. And uh, they, I didn't either. I thought it was just like, I hate you when I hate you more. Right. <laughs> um, and they're generally, you can divide ticks into two general types, the hard tick and the soft tick. Yeah. And the hard tick, I get the impression that if uh, there is such a thing as intelligent design. Yeah. The hard tick was like version 1.0, and the soft tick is version 2.0. Yeah. 
Hartics are they're like the Philistines of the arachnid world. They they are uh, an example of just the single-minded ruthlessness yeah. of genes to anthropomorphize, right? Yeah. Their entire purpose in life is to suck blood so they can reproduce and die. So right? they can make babies that suck more blood. Yes. Blood suckers are I'm a, I'm a big animal guy, as you know, as are you. And I even save insects, you know. I won't kill a bee. You know, or a spider. I will usher them out somewhere yeah, else. I won't either. But flies, yeah. mosquitoes, yeah. ticks and fleas, yeah. no use for them. You and I are on the exact same page. Those are the only four insects that I'll kill. I won't really? kill a roach. Um, I oh, would I'll kill, kill a roach. I won't kill. Why? I'll kill the hell out a of a roach. A roach never did anything to anybody. It's just It just happened to be unfortunately ugly and like scuttle. That's what it is. Roaches scuttle. That's why we don't like <laughs> yeah. them. You can't kill something for scuttling. Yeah, it, you know, if a roach moved... kills something for being a parasite. If, if it moved really slowly across a room, I probably wouldn't kill it. But the fact that they run like, they've, they're, like they're looting... Exactly. ...makes me want to kill them. Yeah. All right. So those are insects we hate. I don't and mind roaches. Don't. I'm not going on record with you on that one. <laughs> well, what does Yumi do when she sees a roach? I, I try to keep uh, roaches out of <laughs> Yumi's sight. <laughs> okay. Like, if we ever see them, I'm like, hey, look over here. And I'm, like, <laughs> right. kind of brushing it out, like, get out of here, dude. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so Chuck, we're talking about, we were talking about the differences, the hard tick and the soft tick, right? Yes. Let's talk about the commonalities. The ticks are pretty basic creatures, mm-hmm. right? Um, they are one-celled organisms, right? No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to jazz this up a little bit. Okay. Um, they are, uh, the, the commonalities are a body, eight legs. Yeah. Uh, I think eyes on either side. Generally, most of them have eyes. Um, and then the uh, capitulum, which is the mouth part, right? Yeah, mouth parts is actually a word, a single so, word. So gross. Yeah. Mouth parts, blood sucking, engorged. Everything about ticks are is wrong. Yeah, it's blood wrong. meal. Yes. Um, and then you've got on the hard tick a something called a dorsal shield or yeah. a scutum, right? Uh-huh. Um, and that's pretty much it. Unless you want to get into the details of the mouth parts, which really, just to, to add a little more time to this podcast, we probably should. Nah. Now, they get in your body. That's what matters. Uh, what was interesting, though, my friend, is the legs are covered in little spiny hairs, and it has the legs have a tiny little pincher claw mm-hmm. at the end, and they use this to you know, climb up grass blades. Right. And uh, vegetation, sticks, trees. Yeah. And sh- we'll go ahead and talk about questing, should we? Since we're right there. <laughs> Why not? Ticks, How this is how the hard tick feeds. It goes on a quest. And it literally will wait on a blade of grass with its little pincher claws up in the air mm-hmm. for somebody to brush by them. And then they'll go, ha! <laughs> and then they'll latch on to your pant leg or shoestring or whatever. Or your face. Yeah. And then it's all over. Right. But we'll get into questing more, but that's what they use their little pinchers for. I don't think there's anything more to questing. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, we, I, I got to veto you, man. We should talk about the mouth parts, right? Okay. So you've got like the little, what looks like their head, that's actually their mouth parts, right? Right. Um, you have two flaps on the side that are called uh, palps. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's a beautiful illustration you have there full Thanks. color uh-huh. shiny yeah um uh so the palps when when a tick gets on you right 
and starts digging, and the palps move to the side. Yeah, they're they're not part of the <laughs> eating and digging in process. Then you get the chelicerae. Yes, which are two, I guess, kind of cutting, boring mouth parts, and not boring like no. more like eh. yeah, boring into your skin. Right, um, and then you have the hypostome, right? Yeah, which is this um, barbed needle-like protrusion that they just go vroom. And start sucking blood. Yeah. But it's barbed and the hooks curve backward toward the tick, which makes it harder to pull out. Yes, yeah, like a fish hook. If you if you pull a tick out the wrong way, you just pull its body right off of its head and its yeah. head stays in there. We'll get into how Ugh. you can you can get rid of a tick appropriately. Yeah. Right? Speedily. Safely. Yes. With with um the, the whole thing intact. So you can do what I do. And drop it into a glass of bleach and alcohol, and just let it die. Oh, I put mine in a, a Ziploc, so I could take suffocate them. Well, no, just in case I needed to take it to the doctor if my thighs had a bullseye rash on it. Well, yeah, I mean you can take the glass to the doctor, but yeah, you that's know. true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you just wanted to kill it in a cruel way. Yeah. Okay. Good I thing. hate those things, man. Well, who likes ticks? So you'll notice then um, that the, you've got the barbed hypostome. You have the hooked legs, right? Yeah. Um, everything these everything that has to do with ticks has to do with like hanging on, yeah. right? And digging in, parasite and sucking, right? Yeah. As Tracy Wilson put it in this article, um, they are basically like a living blood pump. Yeah. The, the all they feed on is blood, right? So gross. And the entire point of their life is to eat so they can grow up and reproduce and die, like we said, right? Yeah. And when they eat, uh, Josh, their uh, body, their idiosoma, if you want to get technical, it expands. Uh, a male tick has the, the, the scutum or scutum on the back. I'm not sure what it is. I said scutum, but I, yeah, I couldn't tell which way. Either way. We're both too lazy to go on to <laughs> merriamwebster.com, aren't we? Uh, so what happens is the, the body of a hard tick, male hard tick, can't stretch that much to hold the blood. Soft ticks don't have the scutum, uh, but they don't require a whole lot of blood to, to live and lay eggs. Right. The real nasty one of the bunch is the female hard tick. That's the one that goes from the size of about a sesame seed. Yeah. To, you know, something like the size like of your thumbnail. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice, Chuck. Yeah, I saw one of my dog when I was a kid, and that has stuck with me, a big engorged tick that was, I mean, it was a big, looked like a big purple balloon. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. Their body is also very flat, so they can lay flat while they're feeding. This is especially important for a hard tick, yeah. because the hard ticks are born, they feed, mm-hmm. they reproduce, and they die, right? Yeah. So a hard tick actually, the hard tick female especially, uh, will sit there and feed for 24 hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's that's really dangerous as far as survival goes because you're just sitting there feeding, hoping no one notices. Right. Um, as you get larger. And yeah, and you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then mm-hmm. finally, if you make it until you're done with your blood meal, yeah, um, you can fall off and lay some eggs after mating, as and many then as, go die. As many as eighteen thousand eggs. Yeah. Did you see that picture? Yeah. There's a picture in this article, There's which a is lot pretty of, boss. A lot um, of gross ones. It looks like caviar coming out of the bottom of a tick. You don't want to put that on the like soda a cracker. Tick, a tick just pooped out a bunch of caviar. That's what it looks like. Can we talk about two amazing facts, Josh, about how the tick um, 
does its work when it when it rips into your skin and dives in. I thought we got the amazing facts out of the way. No, no, no. These okay. two are pretty amazing to me. Lay them on me, string bean. Ticks do two things when they feed that blow me away. They <laughs> excrete a cement-like substance into your body where they attach to make it harder for them to fall off. Mm-hmm. And that dissolves when they're ready to fall off. Mm-hmm. Fact number one. I know. They're like spitting up like that shot that <laughs> tastes like cement <laughs> in your mouth. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awful. And uh, number two is <laughs> they have um, a substance to prevent your blood from clotting so they can just continually drink and, right. it, and it won't heal. And that's all in your sal- their saliva. And this, this happens from a tick's mouth. They have cement and uh, blood thinners, basically, in their spit. Chuck, let's talk about the tick life cycle. <laughs> All right? Clearly you weren't as blown away by that as me. No? <laughs> um, the uh, A tick is born from caviar, right? right? After the stork brings it to somebody's skin. Maybe a lizard's skin. After the quest and uh, latch onto your jean pant. Yes. Right? Your pant leg. Yeah. Your jean pant. Your jean pant leg. <laughs> um so you're born, you are a tick larva. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at that point, you are about the size of a period. And I couldn't find the font size for this, but you're about the size of a period That's at the end of a sentence. 12-point font. Maybe. There's a big difference between 10 and 12-point. And yeah, I mean, what if it's like 144-point? Yeah, but, the, you know, let's go with 12. Okay. That's standard. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um you have six legs, remember? Yeah, when you're born, you get six legs. If you got good genes, you're going to have eight eventually, but first, you have to go find yourself a blood meal. And to do that, you have to crawl along the ground yeah. and maybe find a mouse with its tail hanging out. Or a lizard. Something with blood. And, and the closer to the ground, the better, because you can't really crawl that well yet. Yeah, this is just before you can, if you want to grow up to be an adult tick, mm-hmm. if you don't get that first meal, you're done. Yeah. It's like a sea turtle's. Sure. After you get that first meal, right? Say you are a um, a uh, soft tick. Okay. You get that first meal. You're gonna do it pretty quick, and then nom, you get nom, off. Nom nom. Right. You go back down to the ground. You drop off after you have your meal. You hang out. You're like, okay, I'm really that that mouse tail was packed with energy. Mm-hmm. I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm literally getting too big for my shell. Yeah. I'm gonna molt, and now all of a sudden. I have an extra pair of legs. Look at that. And you might call me a nymph. That's exactly what you would be. Right. And then you say, well, you know what? Being a tick nymph, now that I've molted and it's not I'm bad. a little bigger, it's kind of nice. I like sure. this extra pair of legs, right? Yeah, I'm faster. Hey, right. Um, I'm hungry again, so I'm going to go get another blood meal. <laughs> so gross. Okay? Yeah. So then you go, you get another blood meal, um, and then you... Drop off again. Sure. You you stop hardening and clotting the, your host's blood from your you know um, saliva. Yeah. You drop off. You go grow again. You molt. Now you're an adult. Now you're ready to reproduce. But first, you have your little tick bar mitzvah, I guess. Sure, or bot mitzvah, or bot mitzvah. Uh, but first, you need a blood meal. So you go get another blood meal. Yeah. Right, and it's about here that the life cycle of most ticks begins to end. Right, most ticks are three host ticks, is what they're called. Yeah, but you know, Tracy pointed something out I thought was interesting: is that a tick that does not get their blood meal will die, but it could take like a year to starve to death. 
to starve to death. So yeah. they might be just um, in nymph stage or adult stage or whatever, just pining away on that blade of grass, waving their little claw, and no one ever walks by. Mm-hmm. And they can't they can't reproduce. They can't lay eggs. They can't uh, they can't do the 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 bump with their little female tick friends. Right. They can't do anything <laughs> if they don't get their blood meal. Yeah. So they just die. It's like on the couch, basically. Right. And so you would think, well, then ticks are just stupid for being questers. You know, it's such a willy nilly way to go look for food. But as we said, ticks do have eyes and they can um, differentiate shapes, that kind of thing. So they can technically hunt us as parasites, right? But not really. Yeah, and they they can see colors. Yeah. So Tracy said they can they they use that to get in a on a good blade of grass with mm-hmm. a high likelihood right. of some schmuck camper like me yeah. walking by. Uh they also can sense carbon dioxide that animals exhale. Yeah. So that's kind of cool yeah. actually. Oh yeah. Um so let's say you are a uh a tick that has you're a female hard tick and you're engorged you've just mated the male you mated with just went off and died right after mating yeah well you both eat first right and then you come together and you're like hey i'm super full and then you mate that's why i called them the philistines they're like let's go eat and then have sex and then i'll die yeah so you're the female okay (laughs) where where are you going you said i'm the female Oh, uh, and then after the guy goes off and dies, yeah. you're like, oh, I better go lay my eggs. And then, bloop, there's all this caviar that comes out. Right. And um, now you're dead. So, And then the yeah. life cycle begins anew. Right? Generally. I don't think they always die, but generally the female dies after they lay eggs and the male dies after they do do that thing. Yes. Do the thing. Do that thing. Um, they do. Yeah. So, Chuck, that's the life cycle. I wish we had some sort of applause. Right. That was riveting. It was. Um, if at any point, let's say, you remember I said that most ticks are three host ticks? Yeah. Uh, if at any point one of those hosts, especially the first or second host, uh, happens to be a diseased host, then ticks become their diseased ve- vector. They're a diseased vector, right? Yeah, but you can also, I don't even think you said, you can be a one host tick. If you find a, a very gracious host, mm-hmm. you might stay there your whole life. Right. If you are a um, hard tick. Yeah, you can be a one or two host. Right. But if you're a one host, like you said, you're born and then you go start feeding wherever you're born and yeah. you reproduce and die. Yeah, you're like, this is this interior thigh is nice. I think I'll just stay here for my whole life. <laughs> yeah. So, Chuck, um, if they do become a disease vector, and by the way, ticks are the number one disease vector in the animal world. And if, among humans, they're number two only to mosquitoes yeah. as bugs that spread disease. Crazy. Yeah. Um, if you are a diseased tick, how what what are some of the, the things that you're going to spread? Well, Josh, you can um, spread, I know everyone's heard of Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Mm-hmm. That is, if, uh, it started out obviously in the Rocky Mountains, but now it's kind of in many places in the U.S. because of animals that migrate and move around. Right. Uh, you can get, if you're in Australia, <laughs> you can get Queensland's Tick Typhus or Finlander's Island spotted fever. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the big one is Lyme disease. Yes, which um, Jordan has. Yeah. <laughs> I th- he got the kind that goes away with some antibiotics. You can I think you can get it for life, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I didn't do a whole lot of Lyme disease research, research but I worked with a director one time that... Um, Did a uh, short film on Lyme disease? <laughs> no, no. He had Lyme disease, I think, forever and needed to take, like 
little afternoon naps because it would wear or him out. Or so he much. was just a lazy liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lyme disease, the big giveaway for that one is a bullseye rash. It's a, an inflamed, raised area wherever the bite was. Yeah. That's the center. So it's real red and then kind of pale skin or regular skin color and then real red again. Yeah, like a ring around it. Right. Uh, or a bullseye, right? Exactly. So if you have that, you are um, in big trouble. And uh, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, I don't think Lyme disease is, but Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is a rickettsial, rickettsial yeah. um, illness. And I looked this up. So basically you have a fever, general mm-hmm. malaise, uh, headaches. Muscle cramps. You're tired. Yeah. You're just not, you're feeling lousy. Yeah. You can actually die from Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever if you don't get anything sure, yeah. treated. If you're like out, you know, doing the Ted Kaczynski thing and you never get uh, treated for anything. <laughs> You could die. That's the second time today you've mentioned Ted Kaczynski. I know. He's really? coming back. Uh, are you bringing he's him not, back? He's not really coming back. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, it, it, if you're bitten by a tick that, say, is spreading uh, a protozoa or a bacteria that's going to give you some sort of infection, um, you are not necessarily going to get it immediately. Apparently, the rule of thumb is it takes about four hours yeah. for a tick to transmit a disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it does so in a number of ways. Uh, the first way is through its saliva, right? Blech. Another way is if you squeeze a tick, it can regurgitate blood back into your skin. Oh, that's what I was doing. Blech. Right, okay. Yeah. And um, either one of those ways could spread the disease. Again, it takes about four hours. Um, so a, a good way to combat ticks, if you're in a tick combat situation, yeah. is to look every couple hours. And you want to look around your scalp. Sure. You want to look in the folds, like your armpit. Right. Folds behind, of your neck. Behind the you, ears. If you have like one of those hot dog packs, like for a neck, <laughs> the back of your neck, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. Um, around your collar, uh-huh. the band of your whitey tidies, that kind of stuff. Uh, nether regions. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, we don't need to get back to that story, but. No, we don't. That is, they, those are dark, spooky, damp places, and ticks like to go there. Right. Um,. So if you find a tick, there's a certain way that you want to get rid of it, right? Only one way. Pretty much. All those wives' tales are no good. Take it, Chuck. Yeah, if you hear the, you know, put a nail polish on it and it'll suffocate it. Or put a hot match on it and it'll it'll release from you. All that stuff's going to make it do is bleh, bleh, Yeah. And it will vomit blood. disease blood into your body. So none of those things are right. So what you want to do, Josh, you want to get some tweezers, and you want to grasp the tick very firmly right as close to where it attaches to your skin as possible. What you don't want to do is twist it or yank it out real fast. You want to pull firmly and really slow. And straight up. And straight back or straight up from your from your body. Straight up. And you want to pull it. Remember, a, tick, a tick's body is flat. Yeah. So it can lay flat. Uh-huh. This is straight up if you if you were holding the tick up by its bottom and its head was going straight down. You want to yeah. pull straight up from where its head is burrowed into your skin. Yeah, so if he's flat on your skin, you need to get up under him and pull him right, like uh, perpendicular and then out. But you want those tweezers making contact with his mouth parts, right? Oh, yeah. Not his head or his body because you're going to pull his body right off of his head. Yeah, or you can squeeze the abdomen, and that will make it go. Right, right. So you don't want to squeeze the belly of the tick. 
Uh, immediately afterward, you want to wash the area with soap and water. Oh, you left out a step. What's that? You want to drop the tick into <laughs> a glass of alcohol and bleach. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, don't do any of those other stupid home remedies. There's really on, only one way to get the tick out. Um, and you know, we mentioned the cement-like uh, substance in yeah. the saliva. Yeah. It uh, it actually works um, better the longer it feeds. Right. So if the tick's been in there a little while, it's going to be harder to remove for that reason. Yes. Because the cement is is you know working. Right, because you have the cement, you have the barbed uh, hypostome, you mm-hmm. have the the um, hooked legs. That the thing doesn't want to let go until it's ready to. So you have to you have to make it want to with your tweezers, right? Yes. So there are some ways to protect yourselves from ticks in the first place. Light-colored clothing helps because ticks show up against them very <laughs> easily. Um, and if you see some ticks crawling on your light-colored clothes, uh, take some packing tape and make a ring around your four fingers and then just psh, 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 like you're getting hair off of you. Yeah, that's like the, the cheap uh, lint roller. Yes. Poor man's lint roller. Right. Yes. Um, or in this economy, just about everybody's lint roller. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Um, you want to wear long sleeves, and the rest of the sentence is the best visual that I got from this entire article. You want to look like a dork, basically. <laughs> wear long sleeves, comma, and tuck your pants into your socks or boots. Yeah. Can't you just see Tracy Wilson working out in the yard with, like, her pants tucked into her socks? Yeah, with a hat. Yeah. Uh, uh, wear a hat's number three. You yeah. should wear a hat. And uh, wear gloves, and you can use insect repellent uh, with DEET. And if you're interested in learning more about DEET, I wrote a pretty interesting article about DEET. Not long enough to do a podcast, but I would recommend reading it. DEET's nasty, though. Dude, check out my article. Isn't it, like, really harmful? It, just read the article. All right. Just type in D-E-E-T in the handy search bar. So that's, you know, obviously the gloves thing is if you're working in the yard, and that's where you're going to find a lot of ticks around wood piles and... Uh, <laughs> High, well, they say to keep your yard in shape because if you have like yeah. a well-kept mowed lawn, you're not as likely to have ticks as if you got weeds and piles of garbage. Right. And, uh, because remember, wood. the the an adult um, hard tick quests yeah. right high up on unmowed you know grass or whatever. Um, so you want to <laughs> you wave your little hand in right, there, high like up. You're high waiting up for. Here, uh, right. uh-huh. um, so yeah, keep your mar- yard mowed. You're all set. Um, and Chuck, you know what you need to do. Check my dogs. You need to go around your yard with like a piece of white cloth. Oh yeah, and just drag it. And if you see a bunch of ticks on it, you got an infestation. If not, you tell Jordan that he's a liar. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. I can, I've had a flea infestation, and that was awful. When I was in L.A., dude, we were infested big time. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those deals where I couldn't find where they were coming from, so I went out in the backyard with uh, bare feet one day and shorts on because I had a feeling they were coming from outside. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of walked around the yard really slowly looking down, and we had this shed in the back of our yard with about a two-foot gap between the shed and the fence that no one ever goes, obviously. Went around there. As soon as I walked around the corner, I looked down, and I had about 200 fleas on my legs. Oh, yeah. And I freaked, obviously. Yeah. And then I destroyed them with chemicals and yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Fire just kind of puts the exclamation point on things, doesn't yeah. it? I can't imagine a tick infestation, though. That's like, that's even worse. Yeah, no, I can't either. Than fleas. But I don't think it looks like a flea infestation. I think if you have like five or six ticks on your oh. white cloth, 
That's an infestation. I couldn't tell. I thought it might be like hundreds of ticks on your. No, cloth. I think like if you're dragging your uh, cloth through your yard, right? There shouldn't really be that many ticks, ticks at all. Yeah, like sure. there should be a chance that there's no ticks. But if there's some, I know what you're talking about the fleas, and it is disconcerting because I've looked at my leg and seen that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, have very similar <laughs> backgrounds. Are you aware of that? What trashy backyards and yep. infestations? Chuck. Josh. You and I are going to come up with a t-shirt design that says, I listened to the Tick episode. And we have to figure out a way that people can prove that they listened to this entire episode. Okay. And if they did, we need to come up with a t-shirt because they deserve one for making it through this one with us. Yeah, this was sort of scabies-esque in the uh, itch count. Scabies and was discomfort. way more interesting. I'm saying like they made it through it like oh. they are <laughs> hardcore devotees. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought this was good. Okay. Uh, if you want to learn more about ticks or get a visual of um, uh, Tracy Wilson with her pants tucked into her socks, you just type ticks into the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And now it's time for a new segment, an occasional segment. Don't freak out. It's not like listener mail is going anywhere. We'll still do Facebook stuff. But every once in a while we have to say thank you. So this is what we call... So, yes, Chuck, this is a new segment, right? Every once in a while we get stuff um, mailed to us, uh, all sorts of awesome stuff, and it just piles up. Um, I should say the thank yous pile up. And we just need to knock them out every once in a while. Yeah, I would because have called we are this, very grateful for everything, right? Yeah, I would have called this fan appreciation or fan thank you, not administrative detail, but yes. tomato, well, tomato. You weren't raised in a Skinner box, were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Josh, we'll we'll split these up here. We we've had a lot of wait. People. What are we doing? We're doing the thank yous, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we've had a lot of people send us things over the past what is this past six months or so? You want to start with stuff? Yeah, stuff. Yes. Because, like ticks, administrative detail thank yous can be divided into two groups. Right. And even stuff can be divided into uh, books. We got a lot of books. We did. Um, from the authors themselves, right? Including yes, uh, our buddy Ian Spector. Yes, Ian. Who uh, created up? the Chuck Norris fact generator, right? And he yeah. just came out with his new book, Chuck Norris Cannot Be Stopped. And he sent us copies of that. He's milking it. I was disheartened that he sent it to the tech stuff guys, too. I tried to talk him out of it. He's like, no, I'm too nice to tool him I would. Uh, we also got How to Speak Pirate, a treasure chest of seafaring slang by uh, Jordy Telfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one called Revolutions for Fun and Profit by yes. uh, Ryan Chatuck. I have not listened. I have not read that one yet, but I'm very much looking forward to that. Oh, absolutely! I'm also looking forward to um, Molecular Gastronomy, a book by Hervé Tess. Um, and Hervé Tess did not give us this book, but uh, Liz from LittleBitOfSweets.com did. Remember? Yeah, L I D D A B I T Sweets.com. If you have two brain cells that you can muster up. <laughs> Go there and order her uh, any of the candy bars, but order the peanut butter and jelly candy bar and thank me later. Oh, I didn't have that one. Oh, dude, it was so good. I had the king. It was peanut butter and banana. Oh, I had one. Too. I had that one too. What? And a s'more one. What? <laughs> you had several candy bars, didn't you? I had uh, two. I didn't have several. She also makes this um, beer and nut um, caramel. <sighs> 
that's really good. And I didn't get any of that either. What did you? You got the popcorn, right? Yeah, I did. The popcorn was awesome. It had um, bacon fat in it, and you could tell. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I mean, it's seriously like handmade in New York City mm-hmm. with like really nice ingredients. So if you see like six dollars for a candy bar, just shut up and get it. Trust me. Yeah. It's, it's the best candy bar you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. So thanks, Liz, for all that stuff. Keep it coming. <laughs> um, and we also got a Catcher's Companion. The Hidden World of Holden Caulfield by Sean McDaniel. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of browsed it. I haven't given it a sit-down read yet. Um, but Sean put together basically like an annotated uh, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. It's pretty amazing stuff. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure you could probably find most of these on uh, Amazon. I don't know. Some of the search. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some of them might be self-published, but I, I, I think people should support self-published books, too. Oh, agreed. Uh, and there was one more book. We mentioned it briefly once, but we didn't mention the whole thing. The Zombie Combat Manual, Woo! A Guide to Fighting the Living Dead by Roger Ma. And yeah. it is really, really awesome. And uh, here's one you don't know about, Chuck. I want to say thank you to um, Stephanie, who I went to high school with and was in children's theater with. We used to carpool there together. Sweet. Um, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, she and her fiancé, Steve, um, listen. Uh-huh. Steve turned her on to us. He, he heard us mention Sprayberry, and he was like, wait a minute, didn't you go to Sprayberry? And made her listen. She's like, no way. So, wow. Yeah. She, uh, fortunately for us, it, we got more than just a high. Steve makes hot sauces, and he sent a bottle of Big Smoke, and I'll give you half of it eventually. So you can like, use half of it for six <laughs> months right. and then give you I'll the I'll be rest. like, here, I'm done with this. Yes, yeah, so thank you to Stephanie and Steve for that. And hey, Stephanie, hope it's going well. That's nice. Let's yeah. look at you on your birthday being kind. I know. It feels dirty. <laughs> so those are the books and candy bars and things. Um, we got a bunch of CDs from a band in New Jersey called The Wag, mm-hmm. and we want to thank them. Yes. Uh, our best bud in the world, Martin Van Nostren, has, he's always sending us Tons stuff. of stuff. Like uh, bacon-based things. Oh, uh, Wesley, uh, Wesley Willis CD. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of CDs. The yeah. Woodhouse Gang. Yeah. Woodbox Gang. Woodbox Gang. Yes. What did it say, Woodhouse? Yes. Anyway, Van Nostrand, you sick puppy, we love you. Now it's time for postcards, eh? Yeah, we got a bunch of postcards. Uh, we got one from Vanessa in Japan. Todd from the Anne Frank House. Sorry about your umbrella there, Todd. Um, and there a, there's a small group of conspirators uh, found deep within the bowels of the Brigham Young University Library. Really? Thank you for listening. Interesting. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Janelle in Traverse City, uh, Minnesota? Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Traverse. Uh, we want to say check out ShutterCal.com. Yes. Um, Rocky and his girlfriend from Hawaii via Hearst Castle. Yes. Kate and Stuart, who we met at the Bell House in mm-hmm. Brooklyn when we were there, uh, they independently wrote letters, letters to us on the same day. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But Kate's was way better. Why is that? Because Stuart like spent his whole letter taking us to task over the traffic podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, and Kate's was all like, "I'm so glad we got a chance to meet you. You guys are awesome." And Stuart's like, "Hey, hey, uh, it's I hope you guys are doing well. It was nice to meet you." And here's everything that was wrong with the traffic podcast. So, Kate's yeah. Kate's letter definitely won. Oh, and the uh, the fellows from uh, New Belgium Brewery sent us some delicious fat tire mm-hmm. 
uh, ale. Yes. In the mail. So thank you to everybody who's ever sent us anything. If we forgot you, we apologize. You can shoot us an email, actually, and be like, you fat jerks. Or just send us what you sent us before again. Right. <laughs> refresh our memories, <laughs> a right? reminder. If you want to send us something, you can get our mailing address by sending us an email. We don't expect anything, so if you just want to say hi, that is awesome in and of itself. You can correspond with us at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.